Good afternoon, Pagakarihi. You're listening to a new show. It's called Dancing in Your Head. And this tune is called Dancing in Your Head. Uh, and that's where we got the name of the show from. This is an Ormac Coleman composition recorded in 1977. And um, yeah, it's, uh, the idea of this show is. It, 
exploring exploring the uh, outer limits of music through the ears of different musicians. So each week we'll have a different guest. Uh, I'm Dan. I'm the uh, regular host of this show along with Nell. She'll be here sometimes. And uh, this week, first guest for the first ever show is... We're very happy to have Chris Palmer in the studio. Hello, Chris. Hello, Dan. Chris is uh, Chris is a wonderful musician who was uh, in Wellington for many years, and um, about what was it, eight years ago, moved to Canada. More or less, yeah. Yeah. Why did you move to Canada? Man? To uh, be with my now wife. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Love story. Um, Chris was. Uh, um, uh, infamous performer in the Wellington uh, weird music scene, uh, most particularly with his band The Elephant Men. Um, do you want to? We're going to play a track called Shooby Doo to start this off, Chris. Do you want to introduce that? Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Um, well, uh, I just sort of came up with a riff. And, uh, and then I came up with another riff and I put them together and <laughs> just sung silly noises over the top of it and it seemed to go down a treat. So. And this is uh, Rick Cranston was on drums. That's right. Julian Taylor on the guitar. Oh, no, he was on bass. Oh, sorry, bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, you're on the guitar. Um, recorded live at Happy 2004. Yeah. It's going back a while. Yeah, mate. All right, well, let's give it a son of whirl.
Elephant Men, Shoo-Bee-Doo, featuring that chap, Chris Palmer, who's our guest today. So um, uh, tell me about like, a tune like that, would you work it out beforehand? Was a lot of that improvised, Chris? Um, there's Well, for that one in particular, there was that riff that I came up with. I think I might have even came up with it at a rehearsal that one right and just we'd like sort of make a groove on that sort of going for like a kind of uh well we, in the elephant men we'd sort of we'd sort of have kind of themes like stylistic sort of themes that we would just be silly with and that one there was like um i don't know in my head it was like a sort of 1920s kind of jazz age kind of you know jazz hands kind of uh-huh. groove you know um, but it kind of sounds more kind of countryish, I guess. But so I would, I would sort of have these different sort of ideas, and I just sort of come up with a riff that was like kind of in that kind of faux sort of style. Um, and then like the 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 words as such were all improvised. I would sort of like be oh, I must get around to doing some proper words for that sometime. But often mm. I just wouldn't bother, so I'd just be making up sort of fake sort of singing and stuff like that. And usually the guys would come up with. Like Rick would come up with a really awesome beat, and Julian would come up with something sort of, you know, slightly AWOL on the bass, and it would just kind of sound nice together, and and we'd sort of jam on it. And then sometimes we'd do a little rangy things like the bit in that where it goes, that was arranged, and like it's slightly different each time we do it. That was all arranged, and then at the end. We sort of had this kind of structure. It's like, well, I'm going to do this, this kind of silly. We're going to do this kind of silly fake country kind of licks at each other and whatever, and um, and that's kind of just how it went out there. So it was, the structure was usually something like that. We used to have a basic kind of idea, and then we'd be allowed to sort of expand. Yeah, and um, your particular approach to guitar playing, at least at that time, were you exploring microtonal? Tunings on the guitar. Oh, was that a bit later? Elephant Men. Um, I didn't really get into that. I didn't really do that with the Elephant Men. I started doing that concurrently with my solo stuff. Right. Um, but the Elephant Men, I'd keep it pretty kind of standard because mm. the songs were kind of songy, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a bit later. Well, I mean, at the same time, but and I still do a bit of that. Which yeah. is what exactly? Well, like one of my, um, you know, apart from just like just random kind of stuff, one of my things would be to uh, change the harmonic relationship between the strings, right? So for those that uh, may know a little bit about guitar playing, so you'd have uh, you'd tune the guitar, an E A D G B E is the classic one, right? right? That's the classic one. But like, what I might do is like so instead of um, like some guitarists, sometimes what you do is you go fifth fret harmonic on the sixth string paired with a seventh fret harmonic mm-hmm. on the A string, right? I mean, that's not that doesn't give you sort of um, perfectly equal tempered tuning, but it gives you sort of close to it. That's kind of that works in a lot of situations. What I would sometimes do is I would do a um, a fourth fret harmonic on, say, for example, the sixth string. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that gives you the third of the chord. So you know, bam, bam, but up a couple of octaves, mm-hmm. and then I'd match that with the um, try to get that happening with the uh, 
corresponding fretted note on the next string. So fourth fret harmonic on the sixth string mm. and get that sounding like with uh, the eleventh fret fretted. We're getting technical now, mate. On the fifth Straight fret. It's, it's, it's hard to um yeah, to, to explain <laughs> the, it. Um, it just sounds kind of the result of that yeah. is that it's like um well it's uh it's not equally tempered. So it's like no. uh let's say before uh, Bach was messing around with chromatic music. The yeah. keyboards and whatnot were tuned to a particular uh, tonic note. So it yeah. might be in C. So you'd have slightly sharper E's and slightly sharper, yeah. slightly flatted B flats or something like that. Yeah. So is it is was your was your approach like that in any way measured like that, or is it more like because on a guitar you've got multiple options of where you play a note? Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, I, I certainly wasn't thinking about. Keys, right? I just wanted intervals. I wanted certain intervals to sound different, right? Like I really wanted, um, I wanted the thirds to have, like like thirds on a piano are kind of they're pretty bright, you know. Mm. Um, but I like them to, I would like to sort of reduce them, flatten it a bit so they'd be kind of darker, you know. But the, but sort of purely by accident, that that um, system that I was making a very difficult kind of job of describing, it, it really smooths out some of the other intervals as well. Like semitones sound weirdly smooth. Like semitone clusters sound weirdly, weirdly kind of smooth when you do this. Do you um, have tuning. a, um, do you have a um, recent example of some of your, a recent there, example of some of that bloody tuning? I mean, if I thought well, not it, that particular tuning, but what have you got lined up there, man? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I do happen to have some phantom hunter, um, well, I've got a band in, in Hamilton, Ontario, a trio, mm-hmm. and it's um, we call the Phantom Hunter. It's it's guitar, bass, horns, guitar, bass, reeds, and we've got an album that you can find. We're called Lee Palmer Bennett, but we've got an album that you can find on Bandcamp called The Phantom Hunter, and I just happen to have lined up here a track called The Phantom Hunter. Um, yeah, so hope you like it. Alrighty.
Thank you. So, uh, who was that on the uh, double bass there? That was Dr. David Lee. I like rubbing that in his face. He got a PhD last year at oh. age 65, which is pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah, and um, that's him on bass. And the guy playing soprano sax was a guy named Connor Bennett, who's like just probably the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. And he runs a thing called Haven Records. There's a venue in Hamilton called Haven. Yeah. H-A-V-N, Hamilton Audio Visual Node, which he runs and they do, he does re- recordings and stuff and they do records under that label. There's, there's lots of amazing stuff yeah. um, by local artists. Is Hamilton Canada anything like Hamilton in New Zealand? Um, well, the, the population is like half a million. So I don't know how big Hamilton. It's not that big, man. Yeah. So, oh no, no, it's it kind of feels different because the nothing is nothing that in southern Ontario is sort of really that reminiscent of anything in New Zealand because the landscape is totally different and the vegetation is different and the um and like in the houses here you got lots of wood and stuff like that mm-hmm. and and a little bit of brick and that ratio is kind of inverted in Ontario most of the houses are brick. So the whole place just sort of feels different. And how are you finding the music scene in Hamilton? You're getting, I mean, obviously you're playing with these guys, but uh, yeah. am I right in thinking you're also singing in a choir over there, Chris? I was singing a couple of choirs, yeah. Oh. One of them sort of like prof- sort of semi-professionally and the other one just like it's a community choir. Um, it, it's, that's a... It's a funny thing about Ontario is there. There's a massive choir scene. There's heaps and heaps of choirs, and you could spend a. I spent quite a bit of time there before finding out that was the case. It's sort of weird if it's, but once it's on your radar, it's yeah. And there's like lots of just incredible musicians, like really amazing musicians. It's, yeah. And um, we don't happen to have a recording of the choir, but maybe would you be convinced if we um, play a track and maybe warm up a bit? You could almost do a little a cappella, man. What do you reckon? Oh, like uh, live to air, live to air. When we just sing like in a like a classical choir voice by myself. Mm. I don't know. What have you got? To, what stimulants <laughs> have you got there, Dan? <laughs> we can try and um, see what we can find. <laughs> Let's keep the music rolling. But this is a great guitarist who I think you haven't actually checked out, Chris. But his name is George Freeman, uh, Chicagoan, and um, there were three brothers. The Freeman brothers, um, George Freeman, Von Freeman, this great tenor sax player. I forget the third brother's name, but uh, they were... In fact, George Freeman's still around. I saw a clip of him on YouTube, but um, fantastic guitarist, jazz jazz guitarist, but he takes it pretty out there. So um, we'll check this one out. This is from an album called Birth Sign.
So we're listening to uh, kind of going on a guitar trip today. And that before we're listening to Thai electric Finn player Kunnarin, and now we're jumping to London, sort of circa 1974. Um, and this is Derek Bailey, the wonderful British free improvising guitarist. What do you know about? Do you know much about Derek Bailey, Chris? Um, well, I, I think I know what everyone who's into improv knows about him. You know, he was a British guitarist. He was part of the the European um, improvising thing that kind of started, I guess, in the sixties, didn't it? Late sixties, yeah. Sixties, yeah. yeah. Evan Parker and whatnot. Good. Yeah. It's got a, a pretty, a very, very uh, unique approach. You kind of, in my mind, really revolutionised guitar in a manner, uh, a little bit, uh, um, not in the same stylistic way, but you think of Hendrix as someone who completely revolutionised guitar in an electric way using feedback. Um, Derek Bailey revolutionised the use of the sounds of the guitar, um, like what we're listening to now. His yeah. choice of notes and uh, harmonic and scratches and uh, kind of tone clusters um, is quite inspired by the music of Anton Webern, the Austrian composer, yeah. and the angularity of his lines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think he was also... Um, he he did, obviously had those influences, and he was like a, a jazz guitarist in his younger days, but... In, in a way, he was kind of more like a pure revolutionary in that he ended up almost completely rejecting all of the kind of structures and forms that had been evolving in the previous decades and centuries, you know. Like, it was he was kind of like guitar year zero, if I'm able to bring a dodgy Maoist thing into it. Um, yeah, and I, I... Yeah, I really... Um, it's quite funny. I mean, same old story when I was you know, younger and at jazz school and Noel Clayton played me some of him. I was just like, part of me was like, what the hell? You know? And then, uh, you know, of course, another part of me is just like, this is just completely other. You can, there's so much you can just let go of to just listen and enjoy the sounds and tonalities and things that are coming off it, you know? It's, For sure. Yeah. Um, let's jump Again, uh, from Derek Bailey in England, we'll play uh, a couple more tracks. This one is a Finnish musician called Kieho Vertanen, and uh, this is an album that called Paint All Blue that was released on Anthony Milton's Pseudo Arcana label run out of Wellington, and um, Kieho is a fantastic uh, underground psych legend in Finland. I don't know how often he gets out of Finland, but um, I've never seen him play or ever heard of him playing live. But um, I know this is all I know is this one album. It's this uh, strange sort of Finnish uh, folk blues sound. We'll give it a whirl. Are the weeks away? 
Yeah, we're almost at the end of the show. Um, you still there with, with us, Chris? I certainly am. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got time for one more. That, uh, what we're listening to right now is the Stinging Nettles uh, track called Matagaldi, which was recorded uh, about a year ago. Um, but what's uh, last on the menu today, Chris? Last on the menu is uh, uh, another track from The Phantom Hunter by Lee Palmer Bennett, and it's called Gin Joints, and it's like basically the idea was like a bunch of really short um, improvisations back to back. All right, let's hear it. And thanks for listening and tune in to uh, whatever's coming up next. Girls to the front. (laughs) 